And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode number 61. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Oldbridge Pizza. Shout out to our guys over at Oldbridge Pizza. I just had Oldbridge Pizza the other day. It was absolutely phenomenal. I love the um, the chicken Caesar uh, salad pizza that they got going on there. Absolutely phenomenal. Just wanted to get that out there because I had it the other day, and it was absolutely rocking. Kurtzman, you have a special announcement on sponsorship today. Yeah, no. Um, Chaos, as always, also brought to us by Chaos Gym in Oldbridge, New Jersey, behind Comfy on 516 and the Dunkin' Donuts. Um, they are hosting a breast cancer awareness event, an amazing event. Um, basically, you come you come by, you do 15 minutes, a, fi- a quick 15-minute workout, as many reps as you possibly can throughout each set that he has laid out for everybody. Um, if you're participating, you need to get your own sponsors to pledge money for every rep that you complete. Um, if you have any questions, post it. Uh, check out the Instagram and DM if you have any questions to Sean. Great event. As always, Three classes a week, 50% off if you're a bear down athlete for the first month of training. All right. Uh, packed house today. Me, Brandon Kurtzman, Ryan Mork, Tommy Savaro. We have a lot of games to get into here. Obviously, I was not at the field on Saturday. I saw a little bit of the film. I really wasn't even chopping film this week. It was Augie chopping the film. So I really didn't see much. I'm just going to moderate the conversation, ask my questions as if I didn't see the games because I did not. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, what's the what were the ten o'clock games? What game do we want to start with today? Oh, we didn't want to do anything anything to talk about before. Is there anything is there anything to talk about? Do we have yeah, anything? Yeah, no, there is. Um, just so everyone knows, the way I acted towards the refs on Saturday is not the way that anybody should be acting towards the refs. I am the commissioner of the league. I need to set a better example for everybody else. So with that in mind, let's just keep on going with the season. It's going been going well so far, so keep it up. Anything else? More, Tommy, do you have anything to add? One thing I want to add is let's not leave the field before uh, we lose a ball game. I saw that twice t- uh, on Saturday, one on uh, in my game, and I know it happened in Brandon's game. Um, lose with some pride. I, I know I get that losing sucks, but uh, let's have a good sense of pride when we're on the ball field because you don't want to throw your teammates under the bus either. All right, Dad, you got nothing to say on this one? Nothing, no, uh, no message you want to deliver to the league before we get into the games? No. Nah. All right, let's... Jump into the 10 o'clock games. Carson, what was the first game of the day here? Um, we can talk about the Panthers versus the Packers. All right, let's do Panthers versus Packers. Uh, what happened in this one? I know it was a blowout. Why was it a blowout? Um, honestly, I feel like the early the early game just got to the Packers. They came out very flat, no rhythm on offense, very slow developing plays on the first couple possessions. Really just had no offensive rhythm going. Felt like everything was kind of just... Getting out of the hands really quickly, but the pack, the Panthers' defense was really all over them, swarming on screens, um, playing good defense um, down the field when Mikey took his shots. Um, the Panthers' offense also moved slow, though. I'll give the Packers' defense some credit in the first half. They really made it hard on Augie. Um, it was only, I think it was only 13 nothing, 14 nothing at halftime. So the Packers definitely still had a chance going into the second half, but I just felt like they still haven't found their offensive fluidity. And... Mikey even said that he felt he just felt really out of the game, especially when he found out that Miles gets hurt pregame. Miles probably missing yeah. the rest of the season. Yeah, we will. I don't know if that's confirmed yet. If it if it is, we'll be looking for a sub to replace him for the season. But regardless, Miles gets hurt before the game starts, only able to play one way. Mikey said that that effed up his whole game plan, what he wanted to do in in his mind. So um, they came out really flat, and it showed because the Panthers had a lot of energy, um, and they really turned it on in the second half. More, did you see any of this game? Uh, yeah, I was peeking over a little bit. Um, like Brandon said, the Packers just had a, a slow offense. I remember there was one drive where they ran three screens in a row, 
and it was surprising that they ran a screen on third and long considering that the first two barely worked. So I was surprised to see that that was kind of their game plan. And we all know that Mikey can throw the ball too. So yeah. what I want to see out of that, because they, they have playmakers. And Mikey even said in our group chat, he was like, Van Gargano's the best player ever, and I'm his brother, and I should know that. <laughs> I think I, I think that Mikey needs to use, and it stinks that Miles is going to be out for, for a little while now, and it stinks that that kind of just ruined their entire mentality before the game started. And you kind of have to adjust on the fly but at the same time if you see something that that isn't working you got to adjust out of that also and i get that their moves were down after what happened with miles but one thing that we said it also con romano showed a lot of energy jordan Norris showed a lot of energy panthers showed a lot of energy on defense and the packers did not match that at all didn't even come close so, so. this was a typical case of one team was way more up to play than the other team was without a doubt 10 o'clock game uh, Saturday morning, you could have been out Friday night, you could have been doing stuff Friday night, you come in a little bit lethargic Saturday, and it was just a, uh, uprooting from there, really. Yeah. Dad, did you see this one at all? or uh, No, you were refereeing the other yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, get it, Chris. No, I just feel like also for Mikey, um, he knows he missed some. He missed Vin wide mm-hmm. open for a touchdown earlier in the game. Then in the beginning of the second half, after they scored to make it 20-8, to they got the ball back, and... They were on the move again, and he throws the interception to Augie, which turns into a pick six that completely changed the complexion of the game. Instead of it being 20-14, to 14, it goes to 27-8, to mm-hmm. eight, and that completely deflates the team. You had a great, they had a great drive. I think, I think it was a seven-play drive up until that play. I was third down, and they just were unable to convert that, which really changed the rest the last 12 to 15 minutes of the game because if it's 20-14, to 14, not saying Augie isn't good under pressure, but it just definitely makes it a much more tense situation for the offense to have to execute under. And let's be like the Panthers I feel like have looked beatable in the last couple of weeks too. I feel like I feel like they're not marching as well as they should. And yeah, like like Augie and Connor were making play. But I I remember saying to myself earlier on in the game that I didn't think that Augie was throwing the ball as great as he as he as I know that he could. And that makes this loss for the Packers even it hurts me even more because I saw that the Panthers you weren't saw playing a path to victory. Out. Yeah, not even a path to victory for the Packers, but an opportunity to jump on things that I don't want to say were handed to them, but they could have made some plays on defense because the Panthers did not look all that great, in my opinion. I didn't really watch the second half. That's when I started to get ready for my game. But I know that in the first half, the Packers could have made a lot more plays to step up big time and keep it a game in the first half. That you wanted to say something? Yeah, usually the good teams dictate the pace of the game, and I've seen it. I've noticed that the Packers haven't. I'm not the Packers. The Panthers haven't been doing that. Okay, they're in the games, but they they're allowing their opponent to dictate yeah. how the, the game is paced. Usually, like I said, the, the good teams will come out, you know, on set fire the tone. and set the tone. Yeah, exactly. no, it's it's true because when both games the Panthers have won, that yeah, both games the Panthers have won. They've been like just kind of very lethargic on offense in the beginning of the games, only up like twelve nothing, fourteen nothing. Then they turn it on in the second half. But to beat one of the good, beat the better teams in the league, you need to play a full forty minutes. And I still wanna, I still can't wait to see what Augie does if he does complete a full forty minutes of ball. So did my Augie MVP race? Um, did it take a, did it take a hit this week? Did it did it go up a little bit? Um, he played a very good game individually. Stats weren't necessarily great, like yards wise, but he was still making plays. I think he had another he had another pick six, second straight week. So, um, no, I mean I don't know if it took a hit or anything. It probably just stayed neutral. Okay. Anything else on this game? I think we just about covered it. Um, I want to see improvements from both teams. Uh, again, if Augie starts to play the way that we, we know he can, this Panthers team is going to take off because they have some wins under their belt and momentum is carrying. So pair that with 
the skill that they could have on the field, they can be very dangerous, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it soon. Augie ran a lot um, today on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I was very happy to see that because Augie is at his best when he's making plays on the ground as well as through the air. All right, let's do stats on this one. Augie finished 8 of 16, 97 yards, three touchdowns throwing and an interception. Also had five carries, 62 yards and a touchdown. Also had a pick six on defense. Connor Romano finished with three catches, 51 yards and three touchdowns. Marola, one catch, five yards. Um, that was a conversion. Also had a pass breakup. Zalek, two catches, 20 yards, had a, um, a conversion caught as well. Denoya threw a conversion as well as an interception and a pass breakup on defense. That's back-to-back weeks with at least one of each of those. Um, Liam Riley caught a ball, and the King had another interception, second straight week for him. And tackles very um, even across the board. A lot of guys with one, two tackles. So good to see a lot of guys making plays, making fly grabs. Which is the most important thing in this league? I think that far. has gotten a lot better. Yes, um, a lot, of, a lot less um, big plays through, due to missed flags. Yeah. On the Packers side, Mikey finished fourteen of twenty four, one hundred thirty three yards, um, just the one touchdown to Vin, and three interceptions, three rushes for tw- nineteen yards. Vin three carries, twenty two yards, touchdown, also an interception. Miles three catches, twenty nine yards. Wiz two catches. 18 yards. Rich Ritter, three pass breakups um, mm. on defense, was making life hard for Augie when he did throw. Rokio, two catches, 36 yards. And Giles, two catches, 13 yards, and had a sack on Augie. And the final score of this game? 33-8. to Alright. Let's move on to the next 10 o'clock game, which was what, Kurtzman? Cardinals-Bills. Yes. Cardinals-Bills. Dad, you did this one. Yes, I did. You repped this game. Yes, I what did. What were your big takeaways? Uh, that a uh, couple of things. Uh, the Cardinals have a very good team. Uh, Nick Tompkins is a beast. Uh, Ed Zalek is a beast. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm so impressed by the way that this this team like they dictate the pace like we we're talking about how how they set the tone for the game and and they they come out on fire on both sides of the ball. And what I did want to mention was I really really like the way the Bills quarterback played uh, Serov. I thought he had a great game, and I thought, and even though they lost, he had tremendous heart in this game. There was no quitting him. Mean, he got hurt at the end of the game, making a hell of a play to extend the play. Uh, I like what he did. He he uh, he looked for his his number one. He looked for uh, Q. Q often and early, and 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 it worked. Like I said, you got to get your playmakers the ball, and he did. Uh, the thing that that shot the like shot them in the foot was. They got down inside the five-yard line when it was a game, and they had two bad snaps to push them all the way back to midfield. Yeah. Too many, too many uh, uh, false starts. Too many, too many times shooting yourself in the foot. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was moving the ball. The team was moving the ball, and then they get they're getting pushed back by uh, a, a, a false start or any kind of penalty. It's pushing them back. Bad snaps pushing them back. They were in this game. They easily could have won this game. And like I said, I, I, after the game, I talked to Serov. I said, listen, I, you're, you're, you're a player in this league. I think you're win in this league. You, you can compete in this league. I said, you know, just be the voice in the huddle. Straighten this team out. Let them know when the snap count is. Let them know they can't be making mistakes like that. Uh, and he can do it. I know. I have confidence he can do it. I, I thought he played with a tremendous amount of heart that game. Were you very impressed by the Cardinals? I know you said they came out and set the tone. How did Joe look? Joe, Joe, yes. Joe looks good. He knows, like I said, he knows his team. He knows how to use his team. So he, Joe was very adamant on drafting a team that he wanted to use and how he wanted to use them. So Joe, I think we said this. He might have been, he's in contention for most prepared. I think we said Kurtzman, IB, and Joe's team were the, probably the most prepared teams. 
Um, do you think that stayed true? Like his game script was, you know, oh, read. Yeah. Joe, Joe knows when to take his shots downfield. And he knows what's going to get him yardage. He knows when to use his line. And he's got such a talented line. I mean, I saw Nick with a one-handed catch. I mean, it was like it was effortless. Yeah, I saw that one on, on film as yeah, well. Yeah, no, his line of Douglas, Tompkins, Musi. And they have the liberty of being able to move Tompkins out wide. Which they usually and do. And put James Williams at center, who is more than capable of handling the duties of blocking at center and also snapping the ball. Um, Joe seems like he has a game plan every time he comes into the game, and he executed two for two so far. Um, and two pretty big resounding wins. Both games, like you said, they came out super hot, fast on offense, up two scores early, up three scores actually early in this game against the Bills. Um, and they really just never looked back. Um, the Bills made it a game. I think, like you said, they shot themselves in the foot way too many times in this game to win this game. You can't play, you can't make that many mental mistakes or like, um, what are they called? Unforced errors. Yes. Um, and expect to beat any team in this league, let alone the Cardinals who are... What, probably have the best team chemistry, in my opinion. If I guess I won't say, if not my team, they have the best team chemistry in the league that I've seen. And they are rocking on all cylinders right now on both sides of the ball. Always have a lot of energy. Joe Ivanag, Nick Tompkins, Douglas, always bringing the energy on the line. Um, they were all making plays out there. Piscopo has played very well through two games. Um, yeah, no, I'm very impressed with the Cardinals, and I'm, I can't wait to see what happens when they go up against one of the elite quarterbacks. In Cardinals the remain undefeated, Mark. And look at the match. You and I were talking about this, Brandon. You look at the Cardinals, who Joe pretty much knew exactly who to pick, and I will say this right now. I think that Joe Piscopo, even if he didn't pick the team that he had, I think he has officially figured out how to play quarterback in this league. Love but that. Aside, but aside from the point, yeah. you look at the Cardinals and you look at the Bills. Brandon, we said during the game that how many guys on the Bills really know each other all that well as compared to the Cardinals where everyone meshes very yeah. well? And, I, you know, I give the Bills a lot of credit because they beat the Patriots in week one, correct? And I think I speak for all of us where we are believers in the Patriots despite yes. them being 0-3. Who did they play in week two, the Bills? The Bills, they played in Bimbo in, Bimbo in week two. Okay, yeah. there you go. And then that's a that's a fast-paced offense with, with, with another team that has some pretty good chemistry. So I do give the Bills a lot of credit because it's very easy to have some slow – you got blown out last week and you, you – Get out to a 19 – down 19-0 start this week and it's – easy to, It's easy to quit on a team, especially when I mean, you don't know guys that, yeah, that, like that we were talking with. about it. Like, the only people that really knew each other on this team before the season were Seraph and Q and maybe Femi and Amir. Yeah. Other than that, a lot of these guys are – these guys are all new faces, a lot of um, – Q didn't know anyone in the league when he when yeah. he came yeah, in exactly, last year. Exactly, exactly. And, like, with a team with a lot of new faces, guys that don't know each other, it takes a couple weeks to start meshing. New um, Quarterback. New quarterback to the league as well. Listen, there's a lot of new, new, new to the Bills. So I think they are continuing to get a little bit better. They definitely improved from their Week 2 loss to IB where they didn't score until the final possession. Um, this game was theirs to make it a lot more competitive and a lot closer than it was. But that's not to say the Cardinals were not impressive because when you're a good team and a bad team is making mistakes against you, what you shows advantage. a good team is you take advantage of those mistakes and you blow them out, and that's what they did. They won by 20, 44-24 final for the Cardinals. Dad, you got anything else on this one, or uh, we get to do the stats? Oh, let's get into stats. All right. All right. Um, Suroff finished 15-32, 242 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, also had a 20-yard rushing touchdown. Misha, two catches, 13 yards, and a touchdown. He extends his um, streak, streak of three, three games. Touchdowns. Three games, uh, five touchdowns so far for him. Mm-hmm. Prem, one catch, seven yards. Zach, two catches, 21 yards. 
Uh, Mike Doros had a 23-yard catch. Jay Coburn, three catches, 61 yards, and his first touchdown of his career in Bear Down. Bear Down nice. uh, Q, 11 targets, five catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Nice. Also had three pass breakups and an interception. <laughs> um, and Femi caught a 25-yard catch, his first. I think it was his first catch um, playing this year in the league. Nice. Um, and for the... Cardinals, Piscopo finished 20 of 23, super um, efficient, throwing the ball 221 yards, five touchdowns, throwing one touchdown, rushing on 21, um, 21 yards. Zalek, two catches, 35 yards, two touchdowns. Tompkins, six catches, 71 yards, two touchdowns. Jeez. Also had two sacks that one resulted in a safety and also caught two conversions. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just add Zalek's catches, two of the toughest catches. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Both in double coverage. <laughs> yeah. He came down with the ball twice. Unbelievable. It's not to say that both probably should have been incomplete. And poor Brandon Kurtzman is just getting ripped apart after all those oh, catches, too. No. As Daniel Jones throws an interception oh, right into the Oh, my God. If Daniel Jones throws <laughs> one of the worst interceptions ever as the Giants happened. are absolutely marching off, down yeah. the field. Damn. Damn. Let's get okay. back to football. Yeah. Uh, Mike Muse finished five catches, 58 yards, very solid hands off the line. Also had a pass breakup. Ivan Ack had an interception. Um, James Williams, two catches, 14 yards. Mike Kramer, three catches, 28 yards. Um, also threw an interception. See, they're very different in their offense. Kramer took a few snaps behind center um, for them. I'm excited to see how they continue to use that. And Douglas, two catches, 15 yards, and a touchdown. All right, let's do the 11 15 games, which um, were what? We can start with Dolphins versus Ravens. All right, Morik's here, Hello. member of the Dolphins. Um, tell me about this one. Let's start with actually. Let's start with this. I saw some Rob L film. Rob L played a great game. I thought Rob L was phenomenal. What do you think the Ravens did better offensively, Morik? Um, they changed up the way that their offensive line looked. They had John Harnish at center, and John Harnish played a great game. Uh, they moved Pete over to right tackle, and we were watching film, and we saw um, we saw a couple of bad snaps, and we had a game plan where we wanted to. We, we wanted to beat that right away, and our, our plan was to have Zach Belheimer rush right up the middle because we knew that if there was a chance of a bad snap and then Pete going right out, then Zach Belheimer was going to have a field day. We saw John Harnish line up at center on the first play, and we looked at each other like we had no idea what to do anymore. Mm. Uh, in the second half, we realized that we shouldn't have freaked out that much because that's when uh, our defense uh, played really well. But they changed up the way the offensive line looked, and John Harnish and Tommy Torrey both did a great job on the offensive line. Toward the end of the game, that's when P started to get more targets and more looks, and I really wonder how much different the game would be if they were looking at Pete earlier. I don't really remember if we were having Pete covered uh, most of the time, but on top of that, Spo, uh, you gave good advice to Rob Bell Brandon. Spo was getting involved. Spo had his coming out party. Um, I'm pretty sure Liam, Liam, Liam had 11 targets. Liam Knowles, yeah, Liam Knowles had a lot of targets and running quick slants too, which we couldn't stop. And we got we pulled Liam Knowles' flag pretty quickly. Credit to Sobs on that, but little little seven yard slants to to Liam, and then he gets three yards after the catch. You don't you do that twice at the first down, yeah. and they, they were feeding Liam, they were feeding Spell. Rob Bell played a a really good game. He was throwing some dots. Um. I the Ravens should not be discouraged about about uh, their loss on Saturday because they th- it was a one possession game up until just about what Tommy three minutes left in the ball game I'd say yeah just Ravens about. played a really good game Dad you ref this one I ref this one what were your big takeaways I, I like the way Rob played there's no quitting that that kid uh, I I we mentioned that he has to use his weapons more uh, he has to get the ball to Spo he's got the ball to Lehman and he j- he did just that 
I mean, they're, they're scoring over 30 points again the last couple of games, right? Yeah. And, and no, it's a complaint about. Unfortunately, they, they have nothing to show for it, no wins. For, but, uh, you know, they're doing the job. It's a good team. It's a very good team. They, they just got to hang in there. They just got to work together. Defensively, I'd like to see them play a little bit better defensively. But offensively, the, you know, the, the game is there for them. Christian? I think that Rob took my advice. He When he called the slant, he caught the snap through the slant. He caught that snap through the out. It was a lot better seeing him get great snaps every single time. John, credit to John Harnish. Um, better protection in this game. He had more time to throw. He was way more decisive with the ball in his hands. Um, and he looked good. He looked really good on film. I went back and watched the game. He looked really good on film. And yeah. that's really and listen, he I think he I'm pretty sure he got the ball with a little under two minutes left to go with a chance to tie or take the lead. No, to take the lead. Yeah, they did. And he just listen. It, bad. It was a, not a bad snap. He just took a wrong read on the beginning of the play. Got into some pressure. Threw the ball up. Zach Sobes makes a nice play on the ball. Picks it for takes it for six. Back to the house. Kind of deflates the team with a, a less than two minutes to go. But listen, all you can ask for in a game is to be in the game with two minutes to go with a chance to win a ball in your hand. So I know he's over two in his last two games doing that, but. You got to think that wins are going to start coming for them because they're putting themselves in the right position to make plays. They're not shooting themselves in the foot as much as they did. And Rob is improving as a quarterback. He was throwing the ball with confidence, and I really liked what I saw from him on Saturday. Um, do we have uh, anything on the Dolphins? What was going on with the Dolphins, Mark? Um, we make plays, honestly. Um, no I Dylan think, this week. No Dylan this week. So Sean McDonald stepped up big time. He had some. He had Sosa stone dimes, and Sean made. In, insane catches. Uh, it, it was wild to see. Um, but I think in the last two games, we have started out slow in the first half. And I think all of us have turned it around in the second half. We know how to make plays. I think, I can't remember if it was in the first half. I think it was in the first half. They uh, The Ravens had a fourth and goal, and, and we got a sack. And even when they were making, uh, they had a conversion, we, we had an interception. Um we don't let the moment phase us because I think we're all really confident. And we're all really selfless, too. None of us are really afraid to admit that we might need a, a, a player too often. Like, uh, you, you, everyone knows that I'm, I'm probably one of the first ones to head to the bench and someone will sub in for me. But the, the point is, everyone's selfless. Everyone is not afraid to take a playoff and get everyone involved. But, again, we make plays back-to-back weeks. Sobs has a pick six toward the end of the ball game in regulation to give us the W. And when we need to get pressure on the quarterback, we will. And we will send in a fourth rusher. When TJ Yanks, when TJ Yankstad comes into blitz, the offensive line has no idea what to do because TJ Yankstad is usually playing deep. When he comes into rush, I, I think that confuses a de- uh, an offense so much. And when we do that, um, we're almost we're almost due to make a play. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that Zobes is probably is. I think I'm going to be biased. He's the best quarterback in the league. Sean McDonald stepped up big time, and uh, unfortunately, we're losing Matt Hughes for the rest of the season. Hopefully, all goes well with him. Um, but nonetheless, we have playmakers. We don't get nervous, and yeah, we, we will make play. And we have Sobes. That's I pretty think, much it. I think Morik's, um ex-champion teammate in Bimbo is going to be a little upset that Morik is now taking... Well, a year ago, I was saying that IB was the best quarterback. Morik is being... um, (laughs) If I were on Brandon's team, I'd be saying that Brandon's the best quarterback. Politically correct right now on the podcast. Dad, what do you? How do you feel about um, Sobes and the Dolphins this week? Uh, I'm not going to argue it, Ryan. I think Sobes is the best quarterback in the league. Uh, He is phenomenal. Uh, And I have to say that, like, 
when there's a, a, a question of a call or if he feels that there's something wrong, he'll come up to me, he'll talk to me, and that's the way it's got to be done, you know, just for future reference. You got a problem, you know, you think that there's a call that was missed, talk to the, you know, talk to the ref. It's not uh, yell at the ref, scream at the ref, get him thrown out of the league, you know, <laughs> that kind of shit. <laughs> um, anything else, Christman, on the Dolphins? Nah, um, I think them two definitely covered it fully. Dolphins are one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league after this Saturday. I so. admit, though, that I, I think we have to step it up, though. I, I think that, we've, that we have we can't keep making plays in the second half because I'm yeah. confident that we will, but one day we might not. Yeah, so I think sure. that we need to... Um, I'm, I think we need to set a pace early, and because we did that week one, and and I'm, I'm interested. I'm it. sorry, I'm interested to see no. them play. You know the the elite teams. You know. Well, we have a big game coming up this week. We're not going to talk about it. We'll talk about it on Thursday, or whatever. Yeah, on but, the preview. Yeah. Um, let's do stats on this one, Kurtzman. Rob L. Seventeen of twenty-three, two hundred fifty-three yards. Wow. Um, five touchdowns, two interceptions. Also rushed four for forty-eight. Um, Liam Knowles, eight catches, 70 yards. Spo, four catches, 48 yards, two touchdowns. Also, a great lateral to Pete on one play. Uh, calling a 10 oh, yard hitch. Oh, I just missed that. Call a 10 yard hitch. Pete was, it definitely wasn't planned. Pete was just no, running, not running at all. right behind <laughs> yeah. him. He just uh, caught uh, it, quick pitch. Pete picks up 10 more, almost scores. On, he almost scores an yeah. outplay, scores on the next play, I'm pretty sure. Um, Tommy Torrey, 40 yard touchdown catch. Pete um, had two catches, 26 yards, and a touchdown. Mahmoud had a big catch for them. Ballo, 45-yard touchdown. Mahmoud also has been very good on defense. I'm pretty sure he's up amongst the league leaders in pass breakups. They're going to target you. So you gotta you got to make plays with the ball throwing your way. And he did make a couple more plays, two pass breakups in this one. Um, for the Dolphins, Soaps finished 16-25, 228 yards, three touchdowns. Also had two touchdowns rushing on 35 yards. Also had a pick six on defense. All-around great game for Soaps. Um, Sean McDonald, three catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Cody Norton had a 39-yard catch. Matt Hughes in his probable last game of the season, three catches, 28 yards, and a touchdown. Morick on his birthday had a sack on a Ooh. conversion and a big oh no, interception on a conversion and a big sack on fourth down. Yes. To you got a big sack a on your birthday? Yeah, big I did. sack. Uh, <laughs> Buster, three catches, 20 yards, caught two conversions, and had a pass breakup. TJ Angstad, four catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Also had another interception back on track from last week. Um, Zach Bilheimer, two sacks after going sackless in the week prior, so he also got back on track. And uh, Cody Norton had a five-yard pass, two soaps. All right. Uh, well, oh, that play call was wild. The other <laughs> 11-15 game. Probably the best game of the day in terms of dramatics, the Bucks against the Patriots. Double overtime thriller. I will say this. Billy Andrews texts me while I'm at Monroe for my practice. And um, Billy texts me, he goes, you missed my coming out party. And then I see the stats, and he had... Six uh, catches, 125 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, and then he had a crazy... Moss to end the game. Moss to end the game, went crazy. Beautifully I pictured how by Billy, Danny McDonald. Yes. Billy, Billy gets up on the film, you hear him goes, who's a fucking bum? That's hilarious that Billy gets up and starts talking to shit immediately after winning the game. <laughs> Um, good to see the free Billy Andrews movement is in full effect with Joe DeMeo. You're the president of the Quarter, fan club. I am the president of... This is actually... I'm president of two fan clubs in this game. I'm the president of the Tommy Gaunty <laughs> fan club, and I'm also the president of the free Billy Andrews uh, fan club. So, um, tell me about this one. Did any None of you guys saw this game in its entirety, correct? No, um, I was playing. No. So, I'll give you what I saw. I saw most Sorry, of, this game is going to be yeah. shorter than most, guys. Yeah, we, no. no one saw this no, game. No, but I can give you, based on the pictures in the video, I'll give you what I can give you. No, um, so, 
Both teams started a little slow. Uh, not, the Pats started really slow, honestly. Um, Tommy, couple sacks, threw an interception. Um, fall behind. Abby well, shows up. Now. Abby shows up a little late. They were missing some guys. Jordan Noya started for this. Started for this game. They only had six guys before two guys showed up a little late. So that's the first thing that kind of goes wrong. They they start a little slow. Offensive line problems early. Um, Bucks are taking full advantage. You know, Jordan Mayo, a veteran leader in this in this league. He sees. Um, he sees the other team struggling just mentally. He wants to take advantage. Goes up 12-0 early. Beautiful touch pass over the top to Moore, uh, to Mark, followed by a deep ball complete to Oliva. Two quick touchdowns. Really started set the tone in the game, but Tommy never got phased. Kept hitting his guys. Giuseppe got really involved. He had eight targets. Abby got really involved. Eight targets. Caught two touchdowns in this game. Um... It was, a, it was a really good game, back and forth. After Tommy's slow start, it was back and forth. Then Joe makes a couple mistakes. Tommy Gonti gets two interceptions, playing safety back there. Eventually capitalizes on both. Tie game going into overtime. College overtime rules, as you guys all know. Um, they both score on their first possession of overtime. Neither person gets the conversion. So conversion, super important in this league. A lot of misconversions this week across the board. Worse than other weeks. Um, Billy Andrews caught two touchdowns in this game off broken coverages just him running wide open in the middle of the field down the uh down the middle of the field Joe Mayo stays composed in the pocket finds him both times um very excited for the Patriots they are a very good team there I'm gonna say it every week until they start winning yep. on the cusp of winning games they make plays the defense needs to get better though because he can't be allowed 30 plus points every week um can't be getting at the slow starts need to show up earlier before the games those are just the little things that help you create a better, I don't want to say better culture, culture. but I feel is, like they rely too much on their own talent. They yeah. rely too much on their yeah. own. I talked. I was talking to Abby after the game. He was at my house actually when I came home from Monroe. I never even made it over to the field this week, but um, I was talking to Abby and he goes, "I don't think it was um, our offense's fault. Like maybe we started off with those slogans, but I think we picked it up late in the end. It was a really good game." He goes, "It was a lot of blown coverage." He goes, "Billy, you know, mossed people at the end of the game, but his other two touchdowns were blown coverages." Yeah. So um, that I gives think, you something yeah, to hang your hat on if yeah, you're Patriots. It's like if we just don't make those two mental mistakes. Maybe yep. the game goes a lot differently. Maybe we never got to overtime. Maybe we win the game in regulation. That's what Abby was getting at. That, and I that think their that's, defense was the one. And that's out. not to knock the Bucks, but um, they did score off of two broken, broken coverages. Which is yeah. listen, scoring this league is not. It's not easy. I guess a lot of teams we struggle to score from time to time. Um, so when you get those opportunities, you need to take advantage of them. And Joe Mayo, as he always does, takes advantage when other teams make mistakes. All right. Um, do we have anything yeah, else? Like, do feel- we, like, is there anything else we could say on this one? The Bucks get another win. They improve yeah, their record to two and one. The Falcons' okay. game was thirty-eight to thirty-two. A lot of I want to say it again. A lot of misconversions. I think as a, as a combined between the two teams, they only converted. Three times out of all the touchdowns in that game, that's probably twelve uh, touchdowns, only three. But are they going for? They've been going for one. Most teams are going for one, as I as I'm seeing on the stats. So I think teams are figuring out that one point is definitely better. But just to put it in perspective, the Cardinals went six for six on conversions this week. They got an extra touchdown out of just conversions. Yeah. Tommy shaking his head because he knows how this that's that's how it goes. And before uh, before Saturday, we were eight for ten. I don't remember what yes. we did on Saturday, but we were eight for ten. Yeah, no, listen. Yeah. Conversions are super important. You get a lot of extra points when it comes down to the game. You're trying to figure out: can I go for two? Can I go for one? Oh wait, you we've got all our conversions now. We're up nine. Like going being up nine, being up eight, completely different ball game. So I just want to keep harping on possessions, uh, possessions, conversions. Have set plays for conversions. Have plays you know work for five yards. That are you're only gonna pull out for your conversions. Exactly. I know we don't want to show everything on tape, but 
you got to score. Yeah. And that those conversions yeah. are very important. Um, I think both teams played with a lot of heart. There was a lot of yelling and screaming in terms of just like big plays happening and a lot of momentum shifting plays both sides. Um, I like both teams' prospects going forward in the season. But what I will say about the Patriots is time is starting to tick a little bit. You got to yeah. start racking up some wins. They have a bye this week. I guess get healthy, get get, get right, get, get, your mind get, right. get right. Maybe have a practice to try to work out whatever you need to work maybe out. Maybe still show up to the field and scout your opponents. That's something that I know a lot of teams that have been on buys have. I know Piscopo and Tompkins showed up in week two. Yep, yeah. Um. I know I'm obviously there week one watching everyone play. So do the little things, and they'll matter in the long run to winning games and hopefully winning a championship. All right. Um. Give me the. Stats on this one, and then let's move on to the last game of the day. Tommy Galanti, 20 of 31, 186 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions throwing. Had two, got, got both those interceptions back on the defensive end. Also had five carries, 33 yards, and um, and rushed a conversion in. Giuseppe, five catches, 40 yards. First game, he hasn't scored a touchdown. Abby, four catches, 45 yards, two touchdowns. Happy to see him getting a lot more involved. Also made four tackles on defense. Abby contributing on both sides of the ball. Love to see that from your, uh, your first-round pick. Um, Dane Lupton caught an insane touchdown where the ball was tipped up about six times in the pictures and then caught by him sliding under everybody. Um, Jay Kodra scored a touchdown, also had a nice catch and run earlier in the game. Uh, Kevin Christie had two catches. Austin had two sacks and three tackles. Um, Joey Noya caught a touchdown for them as a sub. And Christian Carataro had two catches for 17 yards. For Joe DeMeo, 16-26, 250 yards, five touchdowns, had two interceptions, rushed three times for 16 yards and a touchdown. Um, in the win. Mark, two catches, 25 yards and a touchdown. Also had a big sack in overtime. Damian uh, finished with three sacks, two catches, 22 yards. Also had a safety and three tackles. Mikey Freeman had um, three tackles. Billy Andrews, six catches, 125 yards, three touchdowns. Also had an interception. Slim had a interception and a pass breakup. Oliva had two catches, 40 yards and a touchdown. And Eddie Welsh, four catches, 30 yards. 38 yards, I apologize. All right, a nice contribution from Eddie right yeah, there. Yes, he, Eddie he, was feeling listen, himself. Eddie was, Eddie was playing well. He was playing with confidence. He was snapping the ball, I believe. He was. He had to step in and play center. Um, they were, I guess they were having some problems snapping the ball. But he was there when Joe Needham made plays, and he made a couple big ones. All right, um, let's go into the last game of the day, the 12-30 game, the Falcons versus the Lions. Uh, Kurtzman, your team, I'll start with you. Um, why do you think... Actually, you know what? I'm not going to start with you because you guys won by a lot. Dad, I'll start with you. You ref this game. Um, what do you think happened to the Falcons in this one? Uh, they didn't. Uh, I, I would like them to see. I'd like to see them use Justin more. Okay. Justin, again, yeah. Justin's a weapon. Uh, they got the ball to him late in the game and, and you know, paid dividends, but they got to go to him early and often. Uh, you know, I'll say that over and over again. You got to go to your playmakers. He is a truly gifted kid. Uh, you got to find ways to get the ball to him. Why? So that's it? You think it's just just no Justin? Uh, I like more Justin. Uh, you know, Jack Jack was involved. Jack was uh, was catching passes. Jack Def- Kurt's been off twice. I yeah, yeah. Defensively, they were fine. They just I don't know. They didn't. You know, usually they have that you know hit the gas and, and go mentality, and they just didn't have it. Is this? Did this remind you of uh, last summer? Kurtzman versus Sobes, very anticipated matchup. And Kurtzman ran off on Sobes last summer, and now he kind of did the same thing with IB uh, on Saturday? Yeah, I, it kind of reminded me of that. And, and by no means do I think that uh, they have an edge over IB and that team. Uh, I, I think that very well next game, it could be reversed. Mm. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll know, they'll learn from this game, and they'll know better next time they meet. Kurtzman. Um, I think the one thing that I was very surprised at is that the Falcons always come out with that, that 
lack of a better word, fuck you attitude. We're yeah. better than you. We're going to come out. We're going to beat you. And it seemed like from the moment the game started, they didn't look confident. Not saying the whole team, just saying... Energy down. Energy super down. Um, was there a pasta party the know, night before? I have no idea if there was a pasta party the night before. Um, what I do know is that True, from the moment the game started, was as vocal as he ever was. He was in... Listen, he was in their heads. He had them thinking down on themselves. Um, we knew that if we got the ball first, we had to come out and score. Yeah. We did just that. It's funny because my game plan was to try to keep the ball away from IBA, which meant like long possessions, drain the play clock, stuff like that. We got up and we... Ran, we as soon as I saw they were on their heels from the very beginning of the game, we got on the ball. We kept getting, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. We wanted to get down the field. I'd slow it up from time to time when I needed to. But we went three for three in the first half in terms of scoring. Three possessions, three touchdowns, three also three conversions. We were up 21 nothing at halftime. Not going to say that it's it's an insurmountable comeback, but we had all the energy, all the momentum in the game. Um, we played a flawless first half. Second half, we definitely could have played better. I could have played better for sure. Um... But our defensive game plan was played to perfection by my defense. Um, we were ready for anything they were going to throw at us. They didn't throw a lot of stuff at us that we had seen on film, but our defense was still able to make plays. We felt like we pulled the flags very well. We made IB very uncomfortable in the pocket. True was doing his thing, making plays. Julius making plays. A lot of fly grabs for Julius in this one. And um, really, I think defensively, we got a couple stops, and we felt really good about how this game was going to turn out. Mork. Yeah, offensively, nothing that you guys ever do surprises me, but, but but the defense was impressive. I thought that, that you guys were talking about it on the podcast after the second week that the D-line had to step up, and it definitely did. And with that being said, Ivy's going to run in the backfield all day long. I got to give a lot of credit to your secondary, too, because I don't think that they got a lot of yards after the catch. And that's very hard to do with the secondary when you have a quarterback like Anthony Bimbo running in the backfield all day long. It's yeah. easy for a secondary to just give up. Yeah. Because how many times do we see broken plays and you see cornerbacks say, I can't cover someone for 10 seconds? That's very common. And I got to give uh, your secondary a, a lot of credit for that because we knew that your defensive line was going to come to play eventually. And I, I thought that you guys ha had the advantage uh, in the trenches the whole time, but I was questioning if your secondary was going to be able to hold up with those guys, and, and you did. I mean, it's not surprising that you and Danino are obviously very conditioned athletes, so it's Julius. not surprising. But Julius too. Um, Rougeau played well. Connor played well. Made a couple. Uh, made yeah, a Connor did play very well. No, listen, my team. We executed our game plan. We got to practice it a couple of days before the game. I just not even to practice. Just hey, this is how they're going to line up. This they is didn't how run one play. Up. You, you didn't run one. No, in practice, I'm saying. No, no, we didn't run like one. You guys didn't yeah, throw a football. Sitting there. We didn't throw the football. We literally just, I said, yo, here's how we're setting up on defense when they do this. Here's how we're going to, what we're going to do. We have multiple options based on what you're going to do. We came super ready to play and we, we executed the game plan perfectly. Offensively, week one was Julius, week two was Mike. Yeah. Mike got, I got Mike super involved. I felt like we had, um, we had, not that we even had a mismatch because Justin was on his side a lot of the time, but we just, listen, we manufacture we manufacture yards. Yeah. One of the easiest things you can do in this league, if you see the corner playing 10 yards off, don't all you got to do is just tell your tell your uh, receiver, don't move on the snap. I'm going to catch the ball, I'm going to throw you the ball, and you tell the lineman to go out and block that guy, that's probably 10 free yards every time. I think I ran four or five screens in the, fir in the first half of that game, and we scored three times on those possessions because those are just their drive starters their um their momentum builders you can go hurry up off the screen you can call you can it's very easy to call two plays in the huddle if one play is a screen because mm. think about it one play screen guys first play second play whatever yeah. you have to remember it's it's because not a screen's like a lock a screen isn't a play a screen is happening no matter what i'm catching the ball and throwing it like i just think that teams need to 
look at the defenses and what they're doing and how far they're playing back and just be smart. Don't try to the, – the big play – it doesn't always have to be the big flashy play to gain a lot of yards. And I think we took care of business – doing that by not being flashy just taking the yards when they were given to us like one thing we did a lot was Jiggy was rushing on True and True came up to me early game and said hey Jiggy's right here I can throw him out of the way and we can just run yeah. so I had 7 rushes for 64 yards in this game most of them were on plays that True just pushed Jiggy to the side and got up to the second level manufacturing easy yards it's all about manufacturing easy yards and we manufactured a lot of easy yards in this game do we have anything to add? yeah line, line play was big I noticed True played spy a lot it's crazy because I just tell True do you we're gonna feed off of what you do basically so he was he was spying though you're right 100%. yeah because normally you'd say True go in and go hard at the quarterback wasn't like that he'd take a step in take a step back look at what Mbimbo was doing and actually played spied against him and he's the one kid and it's a testament to his athletic ability that could you know catch uh, Mbimbo and he's done, he did it a couple of times again yeah. key, key fourth down he, he got yeah, I said the two yard a dash line. to the goal yeah. line got him out you know, that would have right given, given them a chance to they were they would have put them only down six with a chance to onside kick onside to, kick yeah. instead that was the fourth down yeah, stop that was just like the best player ever he, he, he's just <laughs> the best player he's just such a good player for so many reasons he brings so much energy to the game he's so smart the IQ on the field also another thing he is so good at is when if the ball is thrown to the opposite side, he is chasing from the opposite side down yeah. to make a play. How many times against, I think, the Seahawks where he just was catching people downfield fly grabs. Um, I drafted True because I didn't want to play against him, and I'm very happy he's also on my team. And also, Nick Sedano, who is a beast on the on defensive line, uh, pretty Rep much... great. Yeah. He, uh, he pretty much was quieted by... by uh, Right. Oh, right. Thank you for yeah. my, thank you for your service. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you say it every time you see him, right? Um, do we have do we have any uh, dogs of the week for for these games before we get out of here? Do we have any dogs of the week? Oh, actually, Kershaw, I need the stats on this one. Then we'll do dogs of the week. Okay, stats for this one. I was sixteen of nineteen for one hundred and twenty-one yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, both to Jack. Seven rushes, 64 yards, two touchdowns, also in four tackles and a pass breakup. Danino was six for 57 and a touchdown, two conversions and a tackle. Big tackle, actually, at the goal line. Julius, five for 42, 32, pass breakup and a conversion as well. True, two catches, 14 yards, four tackles. Rhett had to catch, almost scored on that one. Jarwar, two big sacks on IB. Was happy to see him uh, have a good day. Rougeau caught a touchdown, and Dean had to catch. Connor, two tackles. Scott, one tackle. Nice. For the Falcons, IB, 10-16, 115 yards, one touchdown, seven rushes, 48 yards, very quiet from the reigning MVP. Um, only three guys caught balls in this game. Justin, four catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Jack, three catches, 39 yards. Johnny McAlevey, three catches, 35 yards. Jack had the two picks, one being a pick six, and a lot of tackles across the board. Jiggy had a sack. Um, Jack, three tackles. Johnny, three tackles. Jiggy had two tackles also. All right. That's really it for that. Yeah, then. Are we doing uh, dogs of the week? No, predictions. Oh no, 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 not predictions. No, no what, what we did the record. Oh, how did we do? Oh we yeah. What um, was, what how did we do? So my game, you picked me. I picked me. You picked Pick. Falcons. You're on one. We're you both picked, one. You picked Hurstman. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because oh, I remember I saying God. I was mad because I wanted to get a game both of you. What the hell? I um, <laughs> we all picked the Cardinals against the Bills. The only game yes. I lost, I think, it was the Bucks. Everything else, I picked the one. Yes, yes. I think we all. No, no, we all picked the Bucks. No, we all picked the Patriots. You're right. All right, so we all picked the we all picked the Cardinals. So. 2-0, 2-0, 1-1. We all picked the Bucks. 1-2. Well, the Patriots, I mean. 1-2, 2-1, 2-1. and, two, two and, one, two and one. We all picked the Dolphins, I, I assume. Yes. We're all 3-1. and one. You're 2-2. Two and two. 
And Sorry, no, wait, pick. didn't you pick? Uh, you didn't pick the Ravens? No, no. Sure. No, you guys all picked the Dolphins. Yeah. And then we all picked the Panthers. Yeah. So four and one, four and one, three, three and, two. and two. All right. So I believe for the season, you're up one on me now. You're up two on him now. I don't no, know. Th- we'll add it up and we'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out. We'll let you know the beginning of the podcast. I think I'm podcast. one back, honestly. Might be. I think I'm one back at you too. Yeah, I think we're one back. Um, dogs. Yeah, let's do dogs of the week. All right, dogs of the week for week three, Kurtzman. Um, for the Dolphins and the Ravens game, we give it to Matt Hughes. Scored a touchdown probably his last game. I'm not sure if it's going to be for, forever, but he's got a bad back, herniated this, so we'll see. Uh, we'll miss you, Matt Hughes. Hope you come back. And, uh, it's not a goodbye, so we'll see you later. Hopefully. <laughs> um, for the Bucks, we're giving it to Billy and also giving it to Damian. Damian had three sacks and a safety. The safety ended up being huge, getting them to overtime. Billy was everywhere on the field. 6 for 125, three touchdowns, interception. Um, for the Packers-Panthers game, we gave Dog of the Week to Joe Noya. Joe Noya bringing all the energy for his team. Also had an interception for the second straight week. Pass breakup for the second straight week. And he also got a touchdown for Tommy. So, yeah, all around no, good, that matters. great week. Dog of the Week for I think Joe we Noya. might have given more Dog of the Week because he subbed for 37 teams in one yeah, game. I so. <laughs> yeah, uh, For the Cardinals, Nick Zalek. Definition of a dog. Two catch, two, Ed Zalek. Ed Zalek. Two passes that had no business being caught. Both caught by him, both touchdowns. Uh, with a mask was, on. With a mask. They couldn't get the Kyrie. I was hoping for like a Kyrie mask type of thing, but uh, no, he played great. He was dog of the week. For my game, we're giving it to Jarwar. Two sacks on probably the hardest quarterback to sack in the league in IB. Um, also played great offensive line. I'm trying to have my whole offensive line on that. Rep played great. True played great. Jarwar played great. And for the... Uh, oh, no. That was five. Was that all five? You got everybody? Yeah, Matt Hughes, yep. Joe Denoya, Zalek, Jarwar, and Damian Zalek. All right, yeah. cool. Um, that will be it for the podcast. Make sure to subscribe on all platforms. Mark, thank you for joining us today on the pod. I literally thought I was going to be here because you weren't at the games. Yeah. So I thought I was subbing for you. No, you, I, you're, just, you're just a color analyst. Thank you. He's always here. Color as commentator. A, yeah, appreciate that, man. run the podcast. All right. No one does it better. Thank you, guys. We will catch you guys on Thursday or Wednesday-ish for the um, preview podcast for week four. Peace.